Within the next two months, the PCI Security Standards Council will be releasing version 3.2 of the PCI Data Security Standard. While the release of version 3.2 breaks the traditional three-year cycle for the standards update, Troy Leach, Chief Technology Officer of the Council, says the 3.2 update will address existing security migration updates about which the industry has requested clarification. What's more, the Council doesn't want to put undue burdens on the industry, as merchants are still trying to comply with other security issues, such as the move to EMV. Here, Troy Leach explains what the 3.2 release means for the industry and clarifies some of the points noted in this revision to the PCI data security standard. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with the Information Security Media Group. So, Troy, version 3.2 is an update, but it's not version 4.0. Most of the requirements noted in 3.2 have already been released. Is that correct? Uh, it is, Tracy, to some extent, or at least been notified with on our website. So an example, the SSL changes that you'll see in version 3.2, we had a public announcement December 2015 about what those changes would be. We're also going to be introducing uh, some of the requirements that are part of the designated entity supporting validation framework. Those requirements will be for service providers and introduced into the standard. There will be a few new requirements, but they're going to be things that are just extensions of requirements like multi-factor authentication, which was already a requirement for remote access, and other things like that that will increase the validation or demonstration that security controls are not only in place during the assessment, but periodically are checked throughout the year to make sure they're still running as expected. So would it be fair, Troy, to say that this is more of a clarification than an update? It would to an extent. I think the clarification comes from a lot of requirements. You'll see um, minor adjustments as we hear feedback throughout the year from our stakeholders as to sometimes around the testing procedures, what is expected to demonstrate that a security control is in place. There will also be, as I mentioned, new requirements that will be, at least for service providers, that were not required to follow the designated entities supporting validation. There will be new requirements for them. We are adding one new requirement that I think will be significant if people are not using multi-factor authentication for their administrator access within their card data networks. That will be a new requirement. And with all of our new requirements, there will be a long sunrise date so people can make the right investments, uh, prepare their networks for that additional security requirements, and we'll publish those dates uh, within the standard somewhere. Uh, typically, traditionally, it's about 18 months. Uh, we're looking right now at, at the impact of these changes and what a realistic time frame would be for a uh, sunrise date. But uh, we'll make that announcement very shortly. So, Troy, I'm going to ask you to expand a bit here about the requirements for multi-factor authentication. Would this relate to third parties that are accessing a system or network as well, or does this just relate to employees internally? Um, it actually relates to administrators, and that's some feedback we received during the most recent request for comment from our board of advisors, is emphasizing that the change is for administrators that are going to have higher privilege within the card data network in order to possibly change systems and other credentials within that network to potentially compromise the security of the environment. So we are looking at any type of administrator, whether it be third party or internal, 
that would have the ability to change privileges, to create new access and new ways that people could uh, route cardholder data. So those are the things that when they're accessing those environments to make those changes, that they are using at least two-factor or more to authenticate themselves to the network. Let's go back to talk a little bit about SSL and early TLS, Troy. The migration away from SSL and early TLS is noted as one reason why the council is not issuing an update this year, breaking away from the traditional three-year cycle that I mentioned in the introduction, as well as EMV pressures, those are also noted. But what other factors played into the council's decision? I think one of the biggest factors, Tracy, was looking at the SSL migration dates. So in version 3.1, we placed uh, June 2016 as the date that uh, originally we were hoping merchants and service providers would be able to migrate away from SSL. It's a deprecated protocol. Uh, It's been announced by NIST and other standards bodies that uh, organizations should be moving away from that older encryption. And we recognize that there are some business challenges and technical challenges within the financial industry where we needed to extend that date further. And so uh, one of the reasons that we have an early release rather than the expected November 2016 release is to accommodate that time between now and June so that organizations that may not be aware of our announcement on our website uh, about SSL and the extended dates to June of 2018, that they have that within the standard itself and are aware of those abilities to demonstrate security and mitigating factors to uh, the use of SSL until now. July 1st, 2018. Additionally to that, we look at what the market is doing. We recognize the DSS is approaching the 10-year anniversary, and we realize that for other investments that organizations are doing, whether it be for EMV rollout here within the United States, whether it is an investment in tokenization, whether it's an investment in point-to-point encryption, or other things that are looking at authentication for card not present, especially as the U.S. again migrates to EMV. We recognize there are significant investments being made in financial technology that we want to be sensitive to, and so we are looking at really requirements that are highly critical based on the account data compromise, forensic reports that are being shared, as well as just the basic investment that people are moving in protecting account data going forward. Troy, how are recommendations for pin masking as well as some of the requirements for these third-party service providers, in addition to multi-factor authentication, also playing a role in the council's decision? You've mentioned that there are these other security investments that are significant, and I think that makes sense. But there's also some other things that are going on that have helped the council to kind of, you know, give the industry a break, for lack of a better way of putting it. Yeah, I, I think one thing we look at, there are just some dynamic changes that are happening. We see with the EMV Co's rollout of a tokenization framework, we're looking at ways that can devalue payment card data throughout the industry, where you still have the ability for merchants to have a loyalty program and customer relationship management process if they are compromised, exposing their customers' cardholder data to uh, third-party attacks and, and being reused for purposes of fraud. I think those are some significant changes. We look at, related to that, what the uh, ISO community is looking at for what is the appropriate uh, digit length. You know, account data today is typically 15 or 16 digits. So for the masking requirement that we made an announcement will change, we're sensitive to that number maybe longer in the future. Uh, we are also sensitive to what we see in the headlines around third party and the 
potential for them to expose a merchant or other entity if they are not properly segmented and their access is not adequately secure. So those are areas of uh, concentration in, in this release of the standard. We looked at just a few key areas that we thought were prominent based on the advancements in technology as well as the threats to the landscape of payments, and, and that's where we really focused our attention this time. Troy, are there still questions about the enumeration, whether or not this should be called 3.2 versus 4.0? That's a really good question, Tracy, because we've done something this time that I'm, I'm very pleased about, and, and that is being very transparent in the process of the standards development leading up to the actual release. So even after the point of time where we released our blog on the changes, the working group that develops the standard still is meeting, still working with our industry feedback. We're still working with our advisors to determine what are the best and most appropriate steps forward in this next release. There are new requirements, which typically would be a a version 4.0 release. Uh, We're hoping that because many of these requirements are already existing in in some form or, or shape, on our website that it's probably a 3.2 release, but that is still something that is under discussion. Most likely will be a version 3.2 release, but we want to be transparent in the process with the industry and the community that supports the PCI standards to be aware that, that while there will be new requirements, they will be sunrise into a future date, and they're not going to be what we traditionally see with version 0.0 release of the standard where there is significant number of new requirements. This will be focused in certain areas and it will be things that when you look at those requirements, it will make sense that these were areas that just needed to change going forward. So Troy, what should organizations be doing now to prepare for some of these clarifications or additional requirements that are noted in 3.2? I think the first one is the announcement with SSL and having a migration plan away from older technology. There's a similar issue with uh, support of SHA-1, another encryption algorithm that's supported, especially if you're an e-commerce merchant, that might be impactful for things outside of of PCI standards. So if I was a merchant looking at what is going to happen in version 3.2, my first priority would go back and look at the guidance we published in December of last year on migrating away from earlier forms of SSL and PLS protocol. I would also look at how my two-factor authentication works within my environment, making sure that my administrators that have the access and control to change the security of the card data environment, that they are doing that in an appropriate way, authenticating themselves in a way that is expected with the existing standard. And those would be the two areas that I I would focus on if if I were a merchant uh, looking at what's potentially ahead in version 3.2. And then, Troy, before we close, are there any final thoughts or just general comments that you'd like to share with our audience about the release of 3.2? Well, just to reiterate what we've talked about, some areas that I'm very pleased is the transparency and working with the industry on the changes for this version of of the standard and, and being able to make announcements like this to prepare organizations to understand that these changes are not going to be wholesale changes to a very mature standard. These are going to be changes that really just moves the needle forward for security but does not necessarily uh, require overhaul of, of architecture. We are very sensitive to the merchants community and their ability to invest in EMV and point-to-point encryption as well as their acceptance of tokenization. So those technologies and recognizing that there is that requirement to reinvest in payment technology, we're very sensitive to those changes and very excited at the same time of 
all the innovation that's happening. We're almost in this renaissance of payment security within our industry. So we want to be very sensitive to that and, and help support that by minimizing those uh, significant changes in the next release of the standard. Well, Troy, as always, I'd like to thank you for your time today. Thank you, Tracy. Again, we've just heard from Troy Leach of the PCI Security Standards Council. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.